the latest Star Wars show on Disney Plus, The Book of Boba Fett, just concluded. But what does the finale tell us about the future of Star Wars on television? I'm Roger Chang, and this is Daily Charge. Joining me to discuss this is resident Star Wars expert and CNET reporter Sean Keane. Welcome, Sean. I'm just a simple man trying to wake my way in the galaxy. <laughs> Love the quotes. Uh, before we get into this, what I'm sure will be a... Um, a riveting conversation about the show and the future of Star Wars on TV. Wanted to warn our listeners that we will be talking about spoilers from the finale, the full season of Book of Boba Fett, as well as past episodes of The Mandalorian. So if you don't want to be spoiled, you haven't seen this stuff, and you want to, please stop the podcast now and come back when you've had a chance to watch them. All right, final warning. Here we go. All right, so The Mandalorian had longtime Star Wars fans excited about the franchise again and gave Disney Plus a massive certified hit. But now we've had The Book of Boba Fett, which is arguably a lot less successful. I'm curious, what did you think about the show? It was fine, which is possibly the most boring thing I could say, but it was like it was neither extremely good nor bad. It just didn't commit to its titular character nearly enough and spent way too much of his limited screen time on flashbacks and yeah. and didn't spend enough time on the what I call the present day timeline even though it's all set in a galaxy long ago far far away yeah yeah, yeah. so it, yes technically it's all a flashback but the flash flashback yeah well I so I think you're more generous I, I was a lot more critical I thought it was kind of a mess of a show frankly um, I thought there were definitely aspects towards the end, which were good, but I felt like they made for a better episode of The Mandalorian than they did The Book of Boba Fett. Um, it was, to your point, lots of it was flashback, and I felt like there was a surprising lack of momentum in the overall story for Boba Fett. It really kind of like flashback, flashback, and then this diversion to The Mandalorian, and then in the end, all that pent-up momentum you came out and you saw this big battle, but at that point, like, I don't know if, if, if it was earned, if those, if those payoffs were earned. I don't know. I, I also found it all very predictable. Yes, absolutely. Um, like, the second they bring in that Rancor, uh, yes. it's like, well, he, he's going to ride that Rancor in the last episode, isn't he? I mean, it's, it is clearly, it's Chekhov's Rancor. Like, they set that up with Dan Trejo, which I love. Love seeing Dancho in the Star Wars. It's kind of a surreal thing, but but you knew that when he made the comment about wanting to ride him, that was gonna happen at the end of the season. And it did. I guess it was satisfying. I guess I was it was cool, but it was just also yeah, it wasn't really a surprise. But if we'd like we didn't see him learning to ride the Rancor at all. Like he he said, I want to ride it. Teach yeah. me how. And if he had been like struggling and being knocked off, kind of like Mando was in the first episode with the Blurg of the first episode of the Mandalorian with the Blurg. Yes. Uh, yeah. Then there would have been tension. It's like, well, maybe he's just bad at this, and he gave up on riding the Rancor, and then he rides it in at the end. It would be kind of amazing. But that's not right. what happened. It was just like, yeah, he's going to be successful at this, and he was. Right. And and I think what you're pointing to with the Mandalorian, the big difference for me is the Mandalorian took a lot of time to build up the character, a lot of slower moments, and again, a lot of moments in the in the present, whereas Boba Fett, I mean, there were a lot of, there was a lot of backstory, um, and then, and, and, 
to your point, like it's it's all long, long time ago, but the present timeline of Boba Fett, there was very little that we actually saw of it. I mean, there was a handful of minutes, maybe. I don't know that that really looked at the present day uh, conflict. And there was also for me, there's a lot of starts and stops with stories, right? We had like the introduction of the twins, uh, the twin huts, and then like immediately after. They they, they kind of left, and then you know you had the the introduction of you know the sand people, and we're actually towards the, that was the thing I was kind of on board with this show like in those first two episodes, somewhat um, like the train the train heist building up the the sand people the sorry what are the sand people called Tuscan Raiders yes the Tuscan Raiders. Um, and then actually making me sympathetic towards them I thought was great, and then like they were just basically eliminated. And one thing that kind of bothered me towards the end, where again we're going to get deep into spoilers, is that uh, Boba Fett like felt like he avenged the Tusken Raiders by going after the biker gangs. We find out in that last episode that actually no, it was it was the Pikes that did it, and he like never actually got his vengeance. He never actually like there was no payoff in the end. Uh, is Fennec who went and like assassinated everyone, and this almost throwaway scene where she basically wipes out everyone in control of like the other gangs in like this one really neat scene where or neat but like tidy scene where it just all gets kind of wrapped up. It was almost like a nothing scene, right? Let's put all the baddies in one room and kill them all. Yeah, they were. There weren't really like there were very few personal stakes with these characters. They were very like distant villains um and that's actually the pikes have been in the clone wars like a reasonable amount and they were never the most interesting villains just because they like well they all wear the same masks which i think makes them kind of similar looking too similar and um so there isn't really like a singular threat among them Their, their biggest moment in the past was working with darth maul um who is an amazing villain because we we know him, um, right. but he wasn't. He's dead by the time of the Book of Boba Fett. So, yeah, and, and um, I guess one other issue that folks have had with Boba Fett is in terms of the characterization of Boba Fett. He seems so radically different than he was in the original trilogy, or just with the original his original references. He was he's definitely more scummy. Uh, he was. They, they it felt like they softened his edges, and I understand. He's the main character, and you want to make him sympathetic, but it felt like it went almost too far. Like, there was... I, what did you think about the characterization of Boba Fett? Right, yeah. Well, look, at the end of season two of The Mandalorian, where they announced that the book of Boba Fett was happening, uh, he get, went in to Jabba's palace and just shot Bib Fortuna and took the throne, which suggested a degree of ruthlessness that we did yeah. not get in this show. Now, I don't mind him being more sympathetic at all, but because, like, he... He was in that Sarlacc for however long, and he might have had a bit of time to think and maybe go, mm, maybe I shouldn't be a baddie anymore. Maybe that right. would just get me killed, which was essentially like what his motivation was. Yeah. But he just felt very passive throughout the season. It's like, well, I guess I'll do this. So, well, maybe you should stay out of this fight, guys. It's just, it just, he lacked any kind of momentum, as you said. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, one other thing, like, we, should talk about just the incorporation or the insertion of the Mandalorian in episode five. It felt like he took over the show. And for me, like some of the most compelling moments emotionally from this series has been 
again, Mandalorian and, and Grogu or Baby Yoda, which are not really core characters to this other show. And I guess it leads me to the question about the future of Star Wars TV. Like, if, if this is going to be a template for how we're going to see things where, like, yes, this is the Boba Fett show, but really this is more like, like almost like an, like an MCU-type extended universe show where, like, people just kind of come in and the stories are just... You know they'll they'll shift randomly to different angles just depending on the whims of the showrunner. What do you think? Is that is that is this sort of what you think we'll see with future shows, or was this more like a one-off type experiment, or or a way to kind of give fans a little bit of Mandalorian? Since I think it's going to be a while before we get a third season. I was frustrated by the way they used the Mandalorian as well because I was so much more engaged with that side of that show as well, and. Um... It just highlighted how weak the Boba Fett elements were. I have a theory that no one will ever confirm. I think this, the book of Boba Fett was essentially cut out of season three of The Mandalorian. Um, it was probably a subplot there. And they thought, hmm, Boba Fett, name recognition. We can get this and have more content on our streaming service. Because it did kind of feel like it was stretched. The Boba Fett element felt like it was stretched a little thin. Um, and then they... They had the Mandalorian stuff in to, to get everyone watching. Uh, right. Because we all care about Mando and Grogu and CGI face Luke Skywalker. And <laughs> they want to have us accept Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka more before she gets her own show. Um, right, right. And like, I, yeah, so like she did very little. It was great to see her. Um, but like, did she need to be there? You're right. It's sort of like, hey, remember... She's getting a show later on in Disney Plus. Like it, it, there was. I don't even know if that's that wild conspiracy theory to, to say that this show was likely created because Disney was looking at the schedule and was like, "We need something to tide fans over until the next, you know, buzzworthy show," which presumably would be Obi Wan, which I, I think we got the date. It's like May twenty fifth as the as the premiere. The forty fifth anniversary of the original Star Wars release. Uh, they're there you bringing go. back. Uh, one of the heroes of that movie, which is really cool. Um, yeah, that that show will be huge. Do you think that? I mean, I saw the poster. He's walking in the desert. Are we are we going to be in Tatooine again? Like, are we forever going to be in Tatooine in all these Star Wars shows? Because it seems like we've been there for a while now. <laughs> it kind of seems like we're never leaving Tatooine ever. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll definitely have to be there in some way. I thought originally with Obi-Wan, they just wouldn't leave Tatooine. He can't leave Tatooine. He's there. He's in exile. But Presumably, yeah, he sneaks off for an adventure, comes back just in time to... He's got some time, right? It's just, he's got many, many years. I'm not entirely sure. what. Do you know what the setting, the time for the, the show is? Ten is years like... after Revenge of the Sith, which is okay. nine years before A New Hope. Um, okay. Yeah, so he, right. he has plenty of time. Uh, what do you think? I mean, that that seems like that show will likely be more self-contained, just if nothing else, because of the where it sits in the timeline. But I don't know. Do you do you think that we'll we'll see more of these shows get integrated over time, or like uh, presumably Ahsoka with Ahsoka, sh- like with a Mando show up with Ahsoka on the Ahsoka show, or Boba Fett shows up again? I don't. know. What, what do you think? Yeah, definitely. I think look, they, they can't ignore the success of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and its sort of interweaving plot lines. Uh, yep. And I, I know a lot of people find that kind of alienating. Uh, it's just like, oh, we have to watch everything. But right. like those mo- movies make crazy money and the shows do really right. well. So 
I, I think the the difference is those movies come out what once or twice a year, and they are like a one off commitment, right? They're not several weeks. Whereas these shows are multi week commitments, and there's several. If you've got like two or three of these shows, that's a good chunk of your time devoted to these stories. Um, and yeah, the the kind of interwoven connected. It's interesting that <clears throat> particular with Boba Fett, like. It seemed like with the end of it, with Grogu making his decision to come back and hang out with Amando, like it basically reversed, every, not reversed, but undid everything from the second season of The Mandalorian. It basically made the second season of The Mandalorian a lot less relevant, uh, considering that, you know, the, the whole season was, was predicated on the Mandalorian finding the place for Grogu and someone to train him. And then almost immediately, not even in Mandalorian, in the Mandalorian show, in this other show, Grogu then just goes, you know what? I don't need the Jedi training. I'm just going to hang out with my homie in that cute little bubble, you know, cockpit in the new Starfighter. Um, I don't know. What do you think? So Grogu had his memories and like force powers unlocked by Luke. So he will be changed by that. Um, we like how kind of remains to be seen but also like in the Mandalorian season 2 and I think this is like what is the main thing is going to be going forward Mando became like leader of Mandalore because he took the Darksaber Um, and I think like the sort of Avengers style crossover thing is going to be liberating Mandalore from the Empire the Imperial Remnant Um, I'd actually be all right with being wrong about this, just because I don't really like to, pre- you know, I don't like my predictions to be like correct. That's boring. Uh, right, right. So, like, I like to go. Hmm, I was right about that, but it's it makes for less engaging viewing. Um, and so, Grogu will be changed. It just we'll see. And well, yeah, and having him make like such a pivotal decision to come back makes the Book of Boba Fett essential viewing for people who like The Mandalorian, so... Right, right. So even if you weren't so hot on the show, yeah, like, it it, it was uh, it was necessary, especially because if you're not watching the show and you hop straight to Mandalorian Season 3, you're probably thinking to yourself, what 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 just happened here? Yeah, so he's back. I did notice that, like, but, uh, like, uh, it's sort of to your point about, like, like making Mandalorian season two pointless. I think like the book of Boba Fett didn't really place him in a different, like he, he was on the throne at the start. Now we didn't know yes. that he had, like he didn't like hadn't been accepted, but he, uh, that's kind of like, whatever it, it, he's on the throne at the end. So like his status code hasn't really changed much. He just has a rancor and some, some. His new buddies. He's got a he's got a really cool looking bookie, and he's got those the Power Rangers, yeah, the mods. So you know he's got some new allies, I guess. I do you think there'll be a second season? They certainly haven't said anything about it, and yeah. like I don't really mind if there isn't. Like Boba Fett will yeah. be yeah. back, and I don't think his character is compromised in any way. Like Tamura Morrison is like put in a fantastic performance. I just think mm. don't think the writing held up to it. Um, yeah, yeah. He's still really cool, though. Like, he's got knee rockets and awesome <laughs> gadgets like that. So uh, I'm happy to see him again. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he does show up again. Um, and likewise, I don't I don't know if he'll get another show. 
Um, but it'll be interesting to see what the future has in store for for Star Wars on Disney Plus. Presume we can be assured that there will be a lot more of it to come. Uh, Sean, thanks for your time. You can check out his recap at CNET.com. If you have any questions, ping me on Twitter at The Daily Charge or sign up for direct text messages from me by heading to CNET.co slash Daily Charge. And if you like what you heard, please rate and subscribe to the podcast. It really helps us out. For The Daily Charge, I'm Roger Chang. Thanks for listening. 